again, I'll feel it good. Blast. Newsflash for quads, I'm a good person. Do what I can for you all the time. That's how I am, cause I'm a good person. I always find time to be kind. Sorry, so busy. I'm a good, such a good, real good person. I'm a good person through and through. I'm a good, such a good, real good person. Let me hear you say it too. Say it, say it, or I'll kill your husband. Oh, thank you. I'm a good, such a good, real good person. I'm a good person, yes, it's true. I'm a good, such a good, real good person. I'm a good person, get it? Fuck you! And we know how to count. Wow, <laughs> at least it. until nine. At least until nine. <laughs> it's that. single digits. And so but honestly... It sounds like a silly thing to celebrate. I cannot tell you how many times I have been a part of one of these. No, 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 it's fine. We have have two. Back when Chelsea was like, when we had more time, she was like, okay, here's how we're going to sync it. And then it was like, wait, what number am I saying? Like, let's explain how counting works on a Zoom call. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm working on a podcast recording solution that will require no one to do anything like that. But, you know, work's in progress. We're making yeah. things happen. We're working with old junky tech on yeah. my end, on my New York budget. We're having a great time. Now, now, Kat, you had, I don't know, something that you wanted to save for the pod. Is this something you're saving mm-hmm. for a particular moment? Or is this our cold open, Michigas? What do you think? Yeah, this is like our cold open. Okay, who's the person in the news that you thought I was going to talk about? I don't... Okay, so there is a lady who is running for, I believe, Democratic Congress of the state of Missouri, where you and I uh, have both resided in the past. And (laughs) she is amongst the Anheuser-Busch family, um, Mm -hmm. uh, part owner or lineage of Grant's Farm, the mm-hmm. uh, animal sanctuary that used to be a slave plantation. And um, as she was running, so it, it got pumped up, you know, one of those, you know, just one of those, like, white supremacist St. Louis beauty pageant cults that, like, people are just a part of, you know, uh, Ellie Kemper, etc. Um, I didn't know if it would be the same one. I can't recall her name. I saw her on Twitter.com earlier today. So do you want me to tell you what I was going to say? I mean, of course. No, I want to talk about my thing and my thing only. (laughs) So I was actually finishing the pilot pitch deck outline for my show about when I was in that debutante cult in St. Louis. Uh, So that's what I was working on. I was trying to come up with log lines right before logging on but I've been working on it all semester. And I, in fact, was in that debutante cult, and I'm excited as a queer trans person to pop that bubble. So I am trying to find the language. Great, good. No, we can do do that. Let's workshop this. Let's do, let's, let's workshop your pilot here at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, yeah, so Anheuser-Busch is going to masquerade behind a bee theme 
So everything that would be Budweiser is going to be replaced with a honey-flavored beer, and the rest of it is going to be as close to the experience as I can recall. Yeah, I got a lot of notes from an actual TV writer about like what to amp up and what to pare down. So now I don't actually know how to talk about it because I'm in that insecure space. Absolutely. Uh, where before I was just like sort of word vomiting, like this is mm-hmm. what it was like to think I was a girl and be in this. And then uh, now it's like, okay, how do I actually talk about this in a way that will get HBO to love me finally? After now are years you, and years of rejection of many internships. In your dreams, is this primetime HBO or is this a Max original? This is, is this a Max original. This is a very, very Max original sort of energy, but I think this is a hot a hot sort of commodity. Um, so you're looking for a log line? Yeah, so like 30 words to be like, one drunk bitch gets stuck in a... <laughs> You're right there. Sober, co- or in a in a seasonal cult, debutante ball. How does she get out of it? She goes gay, <laughs> and that's and that's it. And that's how you break free. You know, uh, I mean, that's a great start. You know, where it's kind of like you know, you're trying to build a statue out of a block of marble. Marble's already kind of shaped like a statue. We just need to like pare things down. A what little an bit. interesting way to Thank frame you. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the second welcome. thing, the second thing is that I did my first stand-up last night, so I wanted to report that. Oh, amazing! Yeah, how did that? And go? there was, uh, I mean, it was hard to clean up like all the tomato after, but other than that, <laughs> it was pretty chill. And like, I do get a little bit of whiplash from the cane that like dragged me off stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, it was, I, w- I would say, it went well. That's great. I can't believe people still bring all that rotten fruit to stand-up comedy shows yeah you know they, what I, mean? I like they keep it in their pockets i think but also like in a time of massive surveillance and tsa checks everywhere you go and vaccination cards like you would think rotten yeah. fruit wouldn't make it through but and you'd think that like you know it's just cultural people have other things in their pockets you know you don't want to be walking around with all that on and you know like off off discussed female clothing barely has pockets so to use your precious pocket real estate for for half of a rotten tomato a sort of rotten head of cabbage i mean it's not it's it's not an economic way well, to to run around what i would do when i had boobs uh, is I would keep everything in my like sports bra or my bra, and I would have like mm-hmm. a a size bigger for that reason to keep things in it like phones and extra no. goods. I no, I like that. I just I can't stop picturing like stand up comics in the green room like poking out before a show and seeing like a crowd <laughs> crowd with like bulbous bulging trousers. <laughs> it's like oh, this is a tough crowd, man. Oh, I'm, I'm not going on first. I cannot do this. <laughs> Oh my god! Unfortunately, uh, it wasn't the first person; it was the last person that was like the most cringy. And like, what a way to like bring down everything! Like everyone was having a good time, and then this like super racist, super terrible, yeah, random person comes in at the end, and it's like, who let this guy on? And it just—it's a weird vibe to end with. <laughs> who let this guy on this open mic night? <laughs> exactly, open <laughs> who queer let this mic guy night. pay five dollars and and a two drink minimum to do this. Uh, I'm sorry, Jen, you are allowed to speak. I don't know if you have uh, anything to add to this horrible conversation. but I mean, 
I think the only thing I was going to add was like, well, we know it's it's not the the women throwing tomatoes because we can't fit tomatoes in our pants pockets. You know, That's exactly That's, right. We're not. They're not big enough to fit. And do and do people like bras? Who decided to make like who decided tomatoes? Like, yeah, I have big tomato yeah. probably. Yeah, big tomato. Yeah, Heinz was looking to unload some of their stock. Yeah. Um, and they like like the Got Milk campaigns that I assume mm-hmm. all three of us grew up with. That yes. was entirely engineered by the dairy lobby. Milk is not expressly good for you. But they were like, we got to get rid of some of this milk. So I can only <laughs> assume that it was like Heinz tomato ketchup. <laughs> that was like, we got too much fucking, we got to get rid of some stock. <laughs> Go over to the comedy tomatoes. cellar. I hear Tim Allen's going on later and we got to teach that guy a lesson. And it became it became a trend. Yeah. Jen, I'm wondering as a first impression and also to all our new listeners, our <laughs> millions and thousands of new listeners millions who are listening, um, w- what you think about me coming on saying, hey, I was in a, a <laughs> racist-affiliated debutante cult and I am wanna trans. Want to know more. Want to know more. <laughs> Want to see okay, a good. TV show yeah. about it. <laughs> like, tell me more about this. This uh, sounds interesting. I will through a fictional arc. Cool. Well, I'm hoping also, that... <laughs> also because our audio editor, hi, Chels, um, is also from Missouri. So I'm... I'm no way. Like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. I was already like, kind of like, oh, all right. All right. Yep. This, so this, I mean, this track. So like, tell me, tell me more about this. Uh, I want to know more of this story. Chelsea, <laughs> I want to know if you went to VP and, or knew people who went. And if so, what you thought. My boyfriend that I brought my year that I walked had a panic attack. So, so, but yes, that's my general overarching thought. It's like, please good. tell me more. Awesome. Good. You it's know, we like, we like to rip the bandaid off pretty immediately, right? It's like, this is what you're into. No yeah. slow roll. No, no yeah. rolling out the weirdness of the show and the tangential nature of the show. Just let it happen <laughs> from Jump Street. And so everyone is on right. the same page, right? That's like fair. when you... Yeah. You know, when when you're doing one of those horrible TV pilot tropes, and it's like we start with the last uh, 30 minutes of the season finale, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it, this is kind of what you're in for, you know? And then it says like three weeks earlier or whatever. Uh, that's what we're doing here. And I'm going to go ahead and reinsert this audio at the end of the episode as well. And listener, if I didn't do that, it is because I got lazy. <laughs> and I didn't want to do that. That's great. This is, of course, uh, Crazy X Pod friends a podcast where we aim to work our way back through uh the greatest musical comedy television program in the history of the medium i feel pretty confident in saying that okay Um, before glee wow okay (laughs) before the collective fever dream that was glee sometimes i go through plot synopses and i'm like did i dream this or was this actually in an episode did i dream the the school shooter musical episode oh, and how gosh. the school shooter was called the girl shooting with Down star, syndrome if I remember correctly called was shooting that not the, star was that not the title no of the that episode? was the title no that was that the was title, the title. The um, okay, and it great. was indeed the girl with Down syndrome I, that brought the gun to school I used to joke that a friend and I used to joke that we um, that the Glee writers room was just a wheel that they spun of of hot button <laughs> issues. <laughs> And then the next wheel was characters, and it was just like, all right, this week we're dealing with, and here's the star of the episode, right. and yeah, that's and it's how like, they decided. All right. 
This but episode is about Tide Pods. They will be I, eaten by. And then songs. They were like, uh, yeah. we have the rights with yes. this week. Give but I also, it. at the same time, think that that's giving them too much credit. So, so I feel like that's too creative for them it's almost, to have come up with. It's almost letting them off the hook saying that there was an RNG component. Whereas I feel like every writer of Glee should be like tried at the hate. Yeah. I feel like maybe. Uh, they they could have been like, no, no, the wheel decided that storyline, okay? Like, blame it on the wheel. Blame um, it on the wheel. And and Ryan Murphy, what, Kat, what is your God, usual Ryan phrasing? Murphy. The Ryan, the Ryan Murphy murder cult? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. We're, I'm clearly attached to cults, but I do think that Ryan yeah. Murphy has a we, murder cult. We like Absolutely. to slander Ryan Murphy on our pod any chance that we get, um, even if it doesn't make sense good. for the episode that we're talking no, about. So, I mean, I'm here to slander Ryan Cross Murphy for over, being awful. Cross over. Event. Yeah, I love same, actually. Same I do platform. love the American Crime Story franchises. Unfortunately, yeah. I yes. try not to yes. love him, but I do yeah. think that he is targeting people to murder in complicated, <laughs> creative ways. I feel like I will never get over the fact that I remember reading an interview from him where he was talking about Sam and Quinn and their relationship and why he decided to break them up. And it was because he was bored. And I was like, (laughs) they're your characters. Write them better then. Like, you don't, no one's forcing you to do this. You're just like, I don't know. I can't. And that's like the, the problem with Ryan Murphy. One of them in a nutshell is like, he's good for like an anthology series or a short, you know, the first 13 episodes of Glee. After that, it was just like he doesn't know what to do with multi multi episode uh, arcs arcs are in quotes. Um, but yeah, I will never forget that, and I will never forgive him for being like, I don't know, they bore me. Shrug. <laughs> what am I gonna do about it? I'm like, I, I, don't I know, have no run power your show. Here. Nothing. He's I a sociopath do. with yeah. a vision. I gotta oh. say, he's. He's a sociopath. Uh, he keeps likes, getting money too. He ne- likes Netflix to watch just us. Keeps giving squirm. him boatloads of money to just make mediocre at best things on their platform. Deeply mediocre ripoffs of other things, which you I know? think is part of the murder cult. I think he has something on execs because he's known to disappear Must. people and kill people, and people associated with his works tend to disappear and die. And that's so it. that's it. <laughs> so I think he has better something. be grateful. I'm not big enough for Ryan Murphy to care about, I guess. Yeah. Um, and of course, Leah Michelle referenced in these two episodes of uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And uh, of course, Leah Michelle behaving very normally in recent press interviews. Just, I... a, just aggressively Lord. regular behavior from Leah see... Michelle. And then we see the the seed in this episode of oh wait, she can't read. It's just a journal. There's blank pages. Like she can't read. And then I've seen Leah, on TikTok, it's like Leah Michelle can't read. And I'll buy yeah. it. I believe it. I, I believe I, it. Every time something comes out about Leah Michelle, and, all, and to be fair, this also applies to other. This is a blanket statement for celebrities out there. You don't have to share things. Like, <laughs> what did I you miss? don't have to okay. talk. Oh, Kevin. Um, would you all like right. to take so, this one? Yes. Oh, please. I would love nothing more. 
Because I, I am a lover of a strange celebrity, provided it is a sort of relatively harmless kind of strange. Now, Leah Michelle has obviously gotten up to some other various dubious things, but in a recent interview, cannot tell like you the murdering context. murdering Naya Rivera, or being part of the murder of Naya Rivera, or being affiliated with the disappearance of Naya Rivera. Yeah, I am not... Being incredibly um, racist to her cast members. Yeah, constantly <laughs> throughout the production the, of Glee. Villain. Yeah, but specifically, oh God, several days ago, the news yeah. cycle is so wild now. Obviously, this episode will go up in one month, but several days oh. ago, as of our recording of this, Leah Michelle was giving an interview, cannot tell you what for, she was talking about... I think it was for the Spring Awakening 10-year anniversary that documentary that I was going to watch today, and then Roe v. Wade was thrown out, and I was like, yeah. I'm not watching this about abortions right now. No, absolutely. Take a little break. Good call. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, in, in press for the 10th anniversary of Spring Awakening, Leah Michelle described a story in which Jonathan Groff, gay man, Glee's own Jesse St. James, um, had questions about the female anatomy, and Leah Michelle just like kind of dropped trow and showed him and quote unquote like brought in a desk lamp. Um, and just kind of walked him through all the, just like a first person sort of tutorial about what was going on down there. You think Um, they didn't do this in the rehearsals for Spring Awakening? Like, didn't they have a whole sex scene? I guess so. I guess that makes sense. And so this didn't occur. I feel like people have sex scenes all the time, though, and it doesn't usually involve, like, diagrams. You don't bring in a lamp and show people your genitals when you're rehearsing for a sex scene? That's no, just I wait, me and I Leah Michelle? No, I save that for, like, the third date. You know what I mean? Like, that, okay. you know, when, you, when, you've, when you've gotten sort of the awkwardness out of the way, you know, you're ready to take the relationship, you know, maybe get serious. That's when the desk lamp comes out. I wouldn't get it out during rehearsal, no. Okay, well, I guess that's just a preference. Yeah, you know, it's it, it take relationships at your own pace. Um, I am, of course, one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan. Uh, there have been no introductions so far. Thank you, Leah Michelle. Um, I'm your host, uh, yeah, I usually sing at some point during an episode. However, now we have a guest. I'm a little embarrassed. So, it's, so Kat, so Kat I, I am giving you power. I'm giving you a certain power here. Going back to my short form college improv days. At one point throughout this episode, you can say the phrase, sounds like a song. And I will have to sing a song about the current topic of conversation. Does that I'm sound obsessed. like a good okay. compromise to our usual sort of forte? I'm back. Welcome. What, what Welcome did I back. miss? I said I was down to, to okay, do great. this improv, but good. I disappeared into some astral plane of internet. Yeah. God did not. Maybe it was Ryan Murphy finally catching on to what we were up God. to. Trying to shut our operation me. down. Um, I swear to this God. This is, of course, as always, my co-host, Cat Scott. Cat Scott, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here. What's up, you guys? Hey. <laughs> uh, and we are joined by our first ever guest uh, from the Community Rewatch podcast. It is Jen. Jen, Hi. welcome back. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. Uh, I use yes, they, them pronouns, by the way. That is the okay. pronouns I use. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I did not add pronouns in bio, but I am he, him. Great. And uh, and we are here to continue our, our very slow sojourn through uh, <laughs> Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Season 1. Because I just can't do it any faster than this right now. But if you want these episodes to come out faster, patreon.com slash tvskevin. 
is a great way to incentivize me to put out episodes more frequently. And let's, let's, uh, Jen, before we begin, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit of your history with this particular television program. What is your crazy ex-girlfriend journey? You know, I was trying to think about that, and I am fairly certain that I watched from the beginning, from the, the trailer, and I thought, that looks like a show that I would like. It looks a little weird. It looks definitely musical. Um, didn't know Rachel Bloom, didn't really know anyone in the cast initially. Um, and so I was just like, this could be fun though. Um, and it was, I think I was watching a lot of shows on the CW at the time. So it kind of made sense for my trajectory. Um, and I'm trying to remember where I like really fell in love with the show. It might've just been the pilot where I was just really interested in in seeing where this show was going to go. Um, I was glad it wasn't canceled because I thought for sure a show like this would not last super long. Um, but you know, it was the CW and it was kind of a hit for, for its time. So, um, I really, really loved it. I started writing reviews of it on my website. I don't remember when, maybe towards the season three or season two. Um, and got screeners for some of the episodes. So that was really cool. There's one episode that happens much later on that I wanted to yell about to everyone. And I could not because that is the joy of having screeners is you can't yell about what's about to happen to anyone. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I watched all the way through, through the series finale and I just really, really love this show. I think that it did not get nearly enough acclaim when it was on, so I am always happy to talk about how it deserves all of the awards possible. And that Rachel Bloom is just a genius, and I love her, so. Absolutely. Yes, I believe... Is this, is this still during Modern Family's just, like, unstoppable reign of dominance in the comedy uh, Emmy Awards? I feel like it was still... 2015 to 18, I think 19? so. I think it was, I mean, Modern Family really only ended, what, 2019? Something like that? I feel so, like it, like, ended uh, yesterday. Maybe 2020. I feel like I just heard that Modern Family, like, left Like, it lasted for a wrong. very long time. So, like, yeah. I was, I mean, I know Rachel won the Globe, I think it was for the first year, right, that the show was yeah. on? Um, and then, of course, it got, like, you know, music nods and things like that later on. But I was just kind of, like, still blown away by the fact that she did not get more uh, wins and even nominations later on because she just did such incredible work. And even rewatching season one to like really compare later on, I'm just like, ah, but there's, there's so much that comes that is great too. So it's, it's really fun to watch all of the actors grow and the music is incredible and such a Absolutely. weird, wonderful show. Yeah. I think the only Emmy that it ever walked away with, maybe, was Adam Schlesinger for for doing... Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if it was one specific song I or think, just an overall achievement award. <laughs> I think that the... I think there was... Oh, gosh. Now I need to fact check. But I know for sure it won one song. I want to say it maybe won opening title theme at some point for an Emmy... Maybe I'm making that up just to give no. some more wins their way, but um, let's see. Yeah. All right. Now this is some. Okay, it does have a total of four 
Emmys over the course of its I run. I want to say one was choreography, too. Let's maybe. see. Outstanding original music and lyrics in 2019. A song, Antidepressants, are so oh, not a yeah. big deal. Yeah. A great song. Been listening to it a lot great lately. Song. Nominated for main title theme. Outstanding choreography in 2019. Um, outstanding choreography 2016. Don't know what happened in the intervening years that it did not win best choreography. Um, they and, did no choreography. And the pilot won editing, which is interesting. Oh. Um, interesting. So, of course, no, nothing nothing for Rachel or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but four, four Emmys over the course of its yeah. run and sort of scattered, intermittent, <laughs> no rhyme or reason. Um, so it was not a Breaking Bad type deal where it kind of mm-hmm. gained that award steam yeah. as it went along. Uh, yeah. It became an unstoppable uh, juggle knob. But yes, let's let's <laughs> get into uh, the first episode then. Um, season one, episode five, Josh and I are good people. Directed by Alex Hardcastle, written by Michael Hitchcock, uh, who will later show up on the show. Michael Hitchcock, mm-hmm. a big uh, uh, Christopher Guest sort of player. Um, in this episode, uh, after the horrible, horrible events of the previous episode, uh, Rebecca becomes desperate to prove to Greg that she is a good person, um, and becomes embroiled in Daryl's, uh, child custody, uh, case against, uh, his wife. Uh, also at the same time, Josh realizes that he is very attracted to Rebecca and, uh, introduces to us one of my favorite supporting characters, Father Bra. Father Bra. Love Father Bra. Um, and yeah, and, uh, while, you know, all our, uh, while, while Rebecca and Daryl are sort of out of the office, Paula takes over and, and whips everything into shape. With this episode, we basically have, uh, the full Crazy Ex-Girlfriend company. You know, like, we, we, we bring it, we start bringing in, like, Jim and Tim and all the other lawyers mm-hmm. at the office. We're, we're short a couple still to where I would consider the cast, like, mm-hmm. fully rounded out. But this is almost all of our supporting players here, even in the, even in the fifth episode. Um, the, the memory that I have associated with this episode, I think I caught on to the show in the mid-season hiatus, probably like an AV Club list or, or an Emily St. James, you know, Vox post or something like that. And I was catching up on it, and my roommate at the time, friend of the show, Vern Tooley, uh, came in while I was watching I Love My Daughter, but not in a creepy way. <laughs> and he was like, hey, Kevin, what you watching? What's, what's going on? What's what happening? Uh, he's like, this seems like a show you would like, is what he said. Uh, I remember those words very clearly. Uh, but this is, I don't know, good episode. <laughs> this is a fun one. I, for, I forgot about that song. I'm not going to lie. It's one of the ones that just evaporates from my memory. Because a lot of, uh, and not not that there's not good stuff in the first bit of the, the season. But, like, some of the stuff that comes later I have more on heavier rotation. So that particular, I forgot that that particular storyline, I hadn't re, I literally don't think I've rewatched the, these particular sets of episodes in years. So it took me, it took me back to be like, wow, this is what was happening in this particular season. Wow, they're um, shooting yeah. outside. They have exteriors yeah. <laughs> of a real exteriors city of a block. Real, what? They're, There's they're, a they're baseball actually, field behind them? <laughs> behind the home, home base? base? <laughs> There, there's That's an why it's called home here. base. There's oh my god! Baseball? 
they're outside. We are yeah. taking the time to <laughs> film cars pulling up in front of apartments, something the show yeah. will quickly lose the funding <laughs> to be able to do. A classic uh, community type scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's just that's such like a wild trip, you know, as someone who watched the whole show when he had COVID in March. It's going back to season one. I was like, look at all this money. Look at yeah. all this money that they just had. Oh my so god. So much money. So much money. And Rebecca <sighs> holding so much money as she's like committing a felony and like planting yeah. money. Yeah. And then it. but like then it all starts to make sense. That was what made me think of like, oh wow, it's been a while since I've watched season 1. Oh, yeah, no, no. They really do keep keep following some threads later on. Uh yeah. especially with stuff that that she does. Yeah, I liked uh this I, I really liked this episode, and I remembered, like, oh, I really liked it because we actually get to see this manic side of Rebecca and then get to see kind of the consequences and the fallout from from her trying to prove that she's a good person. Um, my favorite version of I'm a good person uh, is one that is performed at the, the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend live uh, concert special. Um, because uh, Rachel brings her parents into it, and her parents cannot, for the life of them, figure out what they're supposed to say and when in front of a live audience, and it's hilarious. Um, but also, it took me back, too, because I remember I, when I was watching live, the next day, like, on YouTube, on Rachel's YouTube, she would post, like, the uncensored versions of her mm-hmm. songs. So there's like so many songs that have multiple versions out there. Like the explicit version of this song is out there too. So I, yeah, I really like the, the kind of uh, Greg Rebecca tension push and pull thing that you get, especially when it relates to not necessarily romantic stuff, but like them being people and just being flawed human beings in this episode uh jen now's the perfect time you can maybe settle um a debate that has arisen on this show settle for me (laughs) um (laughs) is greg hot (laughs) is greg hot i'm okay where was I in this? Like, I don't remember which you side I was on. You were very... Because I, I, this sprung up around Settle for me. Because I was like, this is the song of my people. But also, how dare someone that you looks like Santino Fontana sing this song? Because he is a handsome you know paisano. I see. I yeah. would say okay. that, yeah. for me, mm-hmm. Santino is kind of along the lines of, like jake johnson where you're like you're not Mm. conventionally someone who someone would be like wow you're a heartthrob but like you're in these roles where you have and especially with santino singing like automatically yes yes sure you are hot of course i think i maybe it's the bartender thing too i don't know yeah (laughs) no i feel similarly i have giant (laughs) uh, crushes on both of those men but maybe maybe it is just because they played surly bartender bartender. maybe that's the thing maybe i have a type i mean maybe that's what i'm figuring out um yeah i would say i would say yes i would say yes to that um thank you uh, for for weighing it, we will ask every single guest. You should. They, you they, should. Even, especially if we get Santino Fontana. He'd be like, "Hey man, are you hot? Do you consider yourself yes, hot? Or no. Please." I feel bad because I didn't track like th- by this week. I'm like, 
Oh, I don't know. Is he? Like, I, I'm i not so firm on the no. Okay. I can really pull Evolutions us. Evolutions here. Okay. Greg's Polarized. winning you over. Serrano. I don't even remember not, so I guess there's something he's doing in these these last two episodes where I'm like, oh, You're yeah, settling he's... for him. You're settling. I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> settling. I, maybe it's the dad thing. It's probably the dad thing. It's probably the dad thing. It's very sympathetic. And I was like, yeah, you're right that, like, He's not, like, if I put him next to, like, Chris Hemsworth, you'd be like, yeah, well, right? yeah, he's not. A, but if you walked into a regular party full of regular people yeah. and you saw him, you'd be like, that's a good looking yeah, cat. Yeah, exactly. That's a good looking man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I really, li- I think I'm, like, most attracted to Father Bra. Absolutely. I forgot what that this is his introduction. Oh I forgot that this God. is where we got introduced to Father Bra. It felt like he was always just such a part of the show. And then I remembered, like, especially in, in this particular episode with, like, Tim, too, and, like, Paula's relationship, I was like, oh, that's how that started. Like, it's been so right. long since I've watched season one that I'm like, oh, yeah, Father Bra wasn't always in the show. Oh, yeah, like, Tim wasn't always this character that he becomes later. And so it was fun to watch the beginnings of that. I just love Father Bra so much. I think he's just such a ray of sunshine, and he's so fun. <laughs> it's weird because it's like, I think I'm a Father Bra son and then a hot priest moon from Fleabag. <laughs> oh, yes. Where, and, like, oh, I, I, I think I, like, I want... And I say this in the astrology way, but now as I'm talking out loud, I'm also saying this in the day to night way. I think I want to like go out on day park dates with Father Bra, and then I think mm-hmm. I want to like get messy and down with Hot Priest yeah. from Fleabag, like just also another brutal. person who I do not think like normally again. Where I'm like, you're not sure. like a Chris Hemsworth type, but like, dang, Hot Priest. The the title speaks itself. Like that was like the first moment that I had that broke out of my like purely sapphic like stronghold (laughs) of being queer was watching watching. Fleabag season two and being like, wait, what is happening to my body? And then being like, this was Moriarty and Sherlock. Yeah, right. Okay, like, I'm remembering things now. Yeah. And Sherlock brought me to Tumblr. <laughs> and Tumblr made me gay. And he's gay in real life. Yeah. Something's here, something's here, something's here. And then just like the workings down there being like, doesn't matter, you love him. I just imagine you having like one of those murder boards with just the red yarn <laughs> exactly. all of the I have the Ryan Murphy one on one wall and then I have... Yes. The sexuality of Hot Priest on the other. Very yeah. different boards. It has yeah, been... I'm not as different as you would think, though. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a fine line between love and hate, but... Um, or a it, red yarn it has, it has been just over three years since Fleabag Season 2 was airing. It, it aired it. in March and April of 2019. Stop the it. amount of baggage and psychic damage that hot priest has left on culture on humanity everyone is so devastated (sighs) by hot priest it's like we're living a breakup with a fictional character as a society we've all just like that i feel like prime posted recently too and just likes to remind people like on social media hey remember this dialogue that's gonna break you remember when he said it'll Happy pass Monday. do you <laughs> yeah. remember do you do remember you? of course i do I was yeah. you know what hasn't passed it hasn't no. that has not no, no that has not passed 
I think, like, Fleabag cannot be a show again simply because, like, she's broken now. Like, Fleabag, Fleabag cannot recover from that. Fleabag will never come back from that, and we can't watch a whole show about her just being like, ugh, hot priest. You remember? It would be, it just, it, it can't sustain itself as a narrative television program at that point. I don't know, I'm kind of just a casual viewer of Fleabag overall. <laughs> <laughs> they said picking up Fleabag, the scriptures. For the audience who cannot see you right now, I wanted to make sure they understood your your joke, your your gag. My visual humor, yeah. Yeah, I have the the play version. I have like the the, oh, the yeah. book of the play version, but I do not. I do not have those holy scriptures. It's a bummer. Big big bummer. I should podcast you know about Fleabag. Kind of. Yeah, you should. We should. We should. We should. <laughs> we should. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, just invited myself onto another podcast, um, oh, as I do. Is this the intro of Boba Tea on the show, the, the Boba Tea stand? It might be. I can't remember it, it showing up before this. Is this the banana stand be. of the show and I just, like, never noticed? Basically. They they hang out here a lot. Eventually it becomes yeah. a set on the back lot <laughs> at CBS, <laughs> or CW, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. Eventually becomes a set instead of an exterior in what appears to be an actual park. Again, just yeah. throwing money at the screen. Just, just, they didn't know what they fucking had. I've been watching Gossip Girl again. And the amount of just, like, music <laughs> those people are just, like, throwing. Like, they don't care. Here's $20,000. Yeah, the uh, original. Yeah, that's where I learned, that. baby, where get your body from? Tell me where get your... I distinctly remember yeah, they were playing I, field hockey, and that song was playing. Absolutely, was they changed. did. Absolutely, they did. I remember that episode. Um, <laughs> I did, too, from fucking 2007. Haven't I swear to God, they just spent, like, $20,000 for LCD and sound system just to be like, New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. <laughs> and they didn't play any of the rest of the song. It was insane. That's it's so like they money. just threw money at people and were like, hey, so, want to be on Gossip Girl? <laughs> Can remember we when the CW it? had money? Oh, my God. Uh, Gossip was... Girl was filmed, like, at actual Central Park? That's not yep. cheap. And they're in yeah. there just, like, all the fucking time. <laughs> they're just, like, they live in there. It's crazy. It's like a freaking Gossip Girl pedicab tour when I visited New York because my sister <laughs> loves Gossip Girl. And so we had fun fun That's being amazing. like here's where this is wow. which actually oh. turns out it's so many places are that real... serena's building yes exactly <laughs> like, oh this is this thing cool all right you're you just had so much i just remember i didn't watch gossip girl when it aired but i i watched it binge watched it for the first time in uh 2020 i think yeah because what else was i doing in 2020 exactly um it all it, it really hits differently as a 30-something watching Gossip Girl and being sure. like, hmm, hmm. All I remember is uh, These very clearly. These are making questionable decisions. I was hmm. like, this is a sign of the times. Like, this this show yeah. is pretty, pretty time capsule-y. Um, but hearing uh, Good Girls Go Bad featuring oh. one Miss oh. Leighton Meester <sighs> on the show really just reminded me that Leighton Meester for a minute there was was, was doing it. was doing music. I mean honestly like if I'm gonna be real Leighton Meester was the only thing keeping me on that show I was like really? she is the show she really she is. is the show she's yeah. the star and god I love her so much in pretty much everything she does uh but I was like this is I applaud the show's choice to use a Leighton Meester why not use a Leighton Meester song in absolutely show, girl? Oh my god, I, I forgot 
she was on that song. I just I very much wanted to be Blake Lively when I was that age. Of course, of course. There was like I can't remember how she talked, but it was very like neat. It's like, oh, I come can. on. It's like a little, like, <laughs> kind of like she has a stuffy nose all the time. She's like, oh, I come can. on. <laughs> I can't. Do you think she does, do you think she does that with Ryan? Yeah. When she's Almost at home? Certainly. Almost certainly. <laughs> it's like the epitome of, like, she's supposed to be, like, the cool, detached girl. Very Misha Barton. Yeah. Like, trying to recreate it. Yeah. Yeah. Of her line deliveries. Yeah. Like, Josh, blase. Josh Schwartz just could not, could not capture that same... Misha Barton, uh, Magic Twice just just couldn't make it happen. But it's fine. We love you know. But yes, Blair Blair Waldorf is Gossip Girl. But even oh, more God. so, uh, the songs are Crazy Ex Girlfriend. And yes. Blair Waldorf is <laughs> not, not Gossip, Gossip Girl. Girl. I mean, wouldn't it have been a no. better choice than what we I ended up with? I kind of love how insane the choice of who Gossip Girl is at the end of it. I kind of respect how they don't bother to make it anyone to where it would make any sense. Did you, you, know what did I mean? you see Chase Crawford and Penn Badgley interviewing each other during like the lockdown, like actors on actors thing. No. And they were like, they literally acknowledged like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, Penn's like, no, nope, it, it doesn't track. For anyone? I mean, like, do I don't think, think the there's show... anyone that it would. Well, it, there think... was, that was the whole thing, right? It was like oh. that they had the plan and then it got leaked that oh. it was going to be like Jenny or no, it was gonna, it wasn't gonna be Jenny. It was gonna be what's the the guy, the son, the younger boy. I don't remember. Oh Nate's yeah, that like little boy. Not oh, Nate. the little boy, Eric. The little boy. Yeah, that it was boy. gonna be him, oh. and then it was like it was leaked, and so the showrunners instead of like leaning into it were like, gotta scrap our plans. And I was Man. like, but you could have just leaned into it. I mean. Yeah. Does that make nothing would have made sense, but this makes right. way does, less. Does that make sense. the the show you? Do you think you is a spinoff? I mean, we have to believe so. I mean, why right? not? It's the same. It's the same kind of energy. It. it feels like. Yeah, so it probably is. Gossip Girl's amazing. They're like they treat the one family of characters that live in Brooklyn as if they live in like <laughs> destitute 1910s immigrant housing and they live in fucking Dumbo. They live on Water Street in a palatial it's, it's, fucking loft. It's wonderful in that it's just as I was saying to someone earlier it makes total sense if you just believe it takes place on an entirely different like plane of existence. Yes. Like, yes. This yes. is just its own world with its own set of rules. Forget everything you know to be true about humanity and life right yeah. now. Um, Absolutely. I will uh, say that I was a teacher of, and then Kevin, I'll let you get back to your segue. That it was a good one, but I stole you. it away from you. <laughs> thank so you. So I will. I'll let you get back to it in a moment. It's okay, I was it's teaching. Okay. I was teaching the Staten Island heiress when I was a teacher um, a few months ago, and she got really into old Gossip Girl because I was watching new Gossip Girl, and she was really into old Gossip Girl. I was like, that's so interesting. When I was your age, I was watching old Gossip Girl. What do you think? And she's like, yeah, it reminds me a lot of my life. (laughs) I was like, what? God, I I was like, no, this is what I imagined life to be like. And she's like, yeah, no, like this is, this is like my friend. I like it because it's like my friends. 
Drema Walker is one of my friends. It's oh my god, oh, amazing. No. Unbelievable. And like she did get like she had a driver take her to school and she got flown around all over the world whenever she wanted during COVID. Like COVID wasn't a thing for her. It was just like more vacation. Of so Wow, you know, yeah. maybe I think she was on the. I think she was right when she when they ascertained that that was their life. Right? I think yeah, I think yeah, they were calling accurate. it correct. It's like it was a brag. <laughs> um, but God she damn. felt seen. Yeah, absolutely. Finally, and that's what we all want needed media is to really just mm-hmm. is to feel representation. Is to feel seen. Absolutely, absolutely representation. And I, For I, I don't know. Yeah, fifteen year olds again need to. <laughs> Need to be seen. Need to feel seen. I was a snail girl myself, so I felt very seen by this episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with my many snails. Thank you. Thank you. Carly, Snaily, Rage Epson, Iggy Asnalia. That's another time capsule for you. Everyone remember Iggy Azalea? This show came out in 2015, and it was a a different time. But you ever... It was a different time. Perhaps I'm... I, I, I don't mean this in a... Um, accusatory way or anything like that. But you ever see a couple and you become instantly more fascinated by both members because you're like, how did this work? How did this ever occur? That's Daryl and his ex-wife for me in this episode where I'm like, what exactly is the story of how you two ended up together? Can I tell you a terrible potential story of something that my friend, a game that my friend taught me that she played and we played on Valentine's Day when we were... What makes uh, this story have potential? What makes it a potential story? Well, it's it is a story. It's not a, it's not a potential story. It is a story. Um, What's the it's a potential line future for story? story for for y'all should you oh, choose great. to adopt this game. We went out to a bar and it was on Valentine's Day and uh, we were looking around and my friend said I I play this game where I look at different couples and I try and guess who settled for whom. Um, and I was like, oh! But then we got a little tipsy and we started playing and let me tell you it's a really fun game to play if you're like i really want to be a terrible person but that kind of reminds me of yeah like this uh this this daryl uh and his wife's story and his wife i don't think you can play the same game in queer queer world Mm. as much i think you need to have a 15 minute conversation with both parties before having yeah. that sort of thing. And then when you see how like the neurodivergence intersects mm-hmm. and like where the trauma intersects, yeah. then that's that's when you can start making those those assumptions. <laughs> those kinds of judgment calls. It can't be eyeballed. You really do need to do some research. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dramaturg. And it's and it's deep and profound, and you know the the disparity does usually one in run in sort of one gendered direction, mm-hmm. but you know it's sometimes <laughs> sometimes you're like oh wow, uh, Hugh Jackman, uh, it, interesting. Um, and I'm gonna uh, say one more thing about Daryl, please. Um, in this episode, um, it's that I I can't I can't with this can't with the can't with the Just the the I'm not a pedophile undertones like we know we don't need to keep so I'm gonna disassociate for the rest of this conversation about Daryl you two can hash out the rest but I I blocked out I guess this episode for that reason it was you guys being like father bra Bobo T I was like oh it's coming back to me even though I just watched it but I think I immediately blocked it out after similarly to like the yoga song I was just like ah bad thing and now I'm yeah. Out of this plane. No, absolutely. And Daryl, I 
they they are very they are so close to finding like the perfect Daryl Lane that mm-hmm. he will occupy for the rest of the show, you know, and they are so close to his breakthrough song, but that might, that might not be till season two, but or no, it might be late season one. Anyway, um, we're we're close to Daryl. I'm glad we moved away from him just being like directly very offensive, which is his mm-hmm. sort of character in the pilot. Um, we are about to completely forget about the uh, Native American heritage thing. Like, mm-hmm. we are so close to nailing in on Daryl. But yeah, this song reminds me of one of the great tweets of all time, which is, my not-involved-in-human-trafficking t-shirt has people asking a lot of questions already answered by my t-shirt. Right? It's like, it's so... You're a little too insistent. Uh, yeah. the the lady doth protest too much, perhaps. It's it's uh, and the song is also three and a half minutes long, and I just don't think yeah. it's a joke that can sustain three and a half no. minutes. We get it no. way too quickly, you know. Yeah, no, that's why I block out this song. I always forget that it exists, and it's almost like well, I'm I'm. I feel like this episode would not have lost anything had that song not been in there. Um, it would just be three uh, minutes shorter. It would just be three minutes that we could devote to something else. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, it's not a fan. It, it is a very much of a product of early season one, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend trying to figure out tonally what kind of show it was going to be. And like yeah. with its songs, even what it was going to be, like was it going to do stuff that was more kind of felt like more in line with like what Rachel was doing like comedy wise mm-hmm. um, prior to this like was it going to be more of that stuff was it going to be more of like homages to different genres of musical style which we see a lot more later on so I feel like it was still trying to figure that out in this episode and while one of the songs works and is really fun the other song I like to ignore and uh, pretend never happened and I yeah. think this episode, it also we kind of open up also with some some old fashioned uh, homeless people are weird you know sort of sort yeah, of humor. yeah yeah um, that again like I think the show is very close to stopping that sort of thing and yes. um, and the next episode the Thanksgiving episode which we will of course get to as well like. I, I I don't think there's a spoiler. There's going to be much more advancement with Paula's family than we are seeing mm-hmm. here. This is kind of some very, to me, very tired, like, this family hates, hates each, each other. other. Yeah. The husband and wife just have no love for each other. Like, it's kind of, it's not, it's not my favorite, and I'm glad that the show is in the process of we are going to be yeah. moving away from this, right? Which I think, yeah, it goes, it goes to show like that's that's kind of if you watch like season one of a lot of television shows especially this early on because this is only episodes like five and six it feels different and also like even Rebecca's character like interacting with someone who who is on a park like she thinking back to like how long it's been since I've watched season one I was kind of thrown because I was like wait a second that's not really what Rebecca would say or do in this situation but then I'm like oh wait that's like season three Rebecca that I'm thinking of like maybe season one Rebecca would and it's it's a very different kind of um, tone Mm -hmm. and figuring out of who these characters are and this episode in particular it felt 
yeah, again, more of like that sign of the timesy kind of feeling. So sure, and you know, some of this can be chalked up to just you know good old fashioned character development as yeah. well. But it, but it is a the the show will kind of shift its perspective as it moves along and yeah. and become a little more. I don't know, a little more, less intentionally kind of edgy. The 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 edginess that it pushes later is much more like a wow. This is stuff that like people don't talk about on CW it's television yeah. shows. Yeah, you know? yeah. I it's feel like less the... like huh. Different it's... people are different. People are weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of that was the kind of feel that I was that I was getting to was like forced edgy comedy, like for the sake mm-hmm. of like oh we're being so edgy in our comedy versus like later on you'll be like wow they're tackling topics in a funny way that I've never seen done before and they're using music versus like wow they're trying to say something that's been said through music but they're not saying anything different like and i think that that was the the disparity that comes with early season one is like you feel like you're kind of regurgitating jokes that you just think are edgy or funny instead of saying something new and adding to it so yeah we're on our we're on our way um but you know it's it's uh the the show is still good and it does have such a strong identity even at this point and like i think the musical numbers are a big help with that is that like you know rachel is bringing what uh, her her very popular like youtube musical comedy stylings into a narrative sort of show and it's a really like seamless sort of blend which almost never happens when a YouTube celebrity attempts to create a narrative movie or television show, Mm -hmm. right? Like, how many other successful examples of those can you think of? Almost none. But but the the these sensibilities, these stylings are are and and the enhancement of budget that they get Mm -hmm. by by virtue of, you know, having the 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 structure of uh, a production company around it is like it's really impressive and and that they are doing again it's so impossible that this show is pulling off how many musical numbers it is yeah. of the quality that they are multiple times per episode yeah i'm exhausted thinking about it truly yeah. from any step of and if you're rachel and you're co-showrunner you're writing all the lyrics, you're doing choreography, you're doing all that you have to sit, like, it's I, it's an unfathomable yeah. multitasking job that she is doing here. Anything more on this one before we, before we trot on to the next one? I love the next one, and I'm still trying to come back to the astral plane after leaving <laughs> during Daryl World. Yeah, I liked, I, I really love, um, well, I said the song, I'm a, I'm a good person. I think that's really fun. Um, but I kind of liked that we get a little bit of, like, Rebecca putting together maybe why she's starting to do things. Like, at least having that moment of clarity of being like, oh, so I, ex- like, I want validation from others because mm. of this particular reason. And I'm manically trying to prove that I'm a good person because I'm using Greg as the person who's validating me. Um, and kind of just like that moment of of clarity, and I liked <clears throat> I don't know why I'm, I really liked that Greg didn't give her like, oh, you're a good person, he's like, I can't say you're a good person, but I can say you're a good friend um, I thought that that was really important, because I liked Rebecca, while having learned a lesson, not being let off the hook, where another yeah. show would have been like, 
oh, Greg's just, like, going to give her this compliment because she's sad and she said she's sorry. And it's, like, it's nice because we will see this continue of this idea of, you know, you she does these things and you don't have to say that they're okay. Um, and I like when characters help uh, kind of further that, like, we're not going to give you the uh, the out for your behavior. We're going to make you be like, oh, that wasn't okay, but, like, here's what I can say about you is that you're a good friend. So I right. thought that that was important early on, too, to have that kind of in the show's DNA. The, the classic sitcom thing of, like, character does horribly reprehensible thing, but 20 minutes later we hug and we forgive and we're moving on. This show has, yeah. a, has a memory. Yeah, you don't have the really special music that, uh, <laughs> you know, a la sitcoms in the 90s of, like, oh, and here's the music where everyone... <laughs> where everyone is forgiven. <laughs> this, is, this is the song this where is everyone lesson. is fine. This is this our is... lesson all along. I'm getting like Bob Saget. I'm getting like friends. Like yep. everyone goes, oh, and claps. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. That's what's missing. I think more Love shows it. should bring back the oh and the clap, and then it says like you know executive producer, <laughs> whoever the fuck. Yeah, I want Produce. that. I want that to happen every time I hug a person. I, I want that. <laughs> I want applause. just once. Up. For me to kiss in public and everyone like applauds. I just want it just one time. And there's always like a there's like a man or a woman or a person being like woo. There's always yeah. like one woo. One it. woo person. One woo. And then you listen to several different shows and you're like, is this one person going for around from sitcom to sitcom? Interesting. Um, I have a great. bad bit, and it's that they source the woo person by like going out to bars the night before looking for bachelorette parties. Your, it's the How I Met Your Mother Woo Girl episode. Yeah, it's a yeah. real woo girl. It's a real woo girl. It's a real woo girl. Absolutely. I bet that was bad in takes the, only the bro code. Um. All right. Uh. Next. Next epi. Uh. Season one, episode six. My first Thanksgiving with Josh. Uh. Directed I love by. This. Directed by Joanna Kearns, written by uh, Renee Goob, who plays uh, Father Bra uh, in this of the episode. Goop Empire? Yeah, of G O O. Goop Eris. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Goop from Goop, of the family Goops, of the Westville Goops. Um, yes, of course. We've been uh, trying to this... sue Gwyneth Paltrow for years. <laughs> she She's too powerful. <laughs> she has that Coldplay money. <laughs> In this episode, Paula schemes Rebecca into getting into Josh's family Thanksgiving, and Valencia is none too happy. At the same time, Greg quits his job at home base because uh, he thinks he's going back to college, but after his dad takes a turn for the worst, he has to stick around and keep slinging those drinks to quote-unquote sunburned milfs. This is, as we've said, good epi. This is this mm-hmm. is this is this feels like classic crazy ex girlfriend, yeah. at least early crazy ex girlfriend stuff, where it is very funny. It is also very uncomfortable. It is very tense. Characters are making uh, interesting decisions <laughs> that perhaps they should not be making, um, and also a couple of good songs that are just they're just gonna What'll drop right be? in there. What'll it be? Is such What'll a be? fucking classic. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful Billy Joel-esque mm-hmm. uh, banger. It's just, it's so powerful. Just give me Santino playing the piano with that yeah. voice. 
good. That was a cute moment. I like brought uh, some someone new to m- many things, but new to the show. Mm-hmm. Just like kind of walked in at that moment, and I was like, I don't know how an outside person is going to feel just walking <laughs> into this show. And I thought that was a good entry point. Was and then I was like. And I was like, have you seen Frozen? And she was like, no. And then I was like, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Have you seen Tootsie on Broadway? Saw Frozen after this and was like, wait a second. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Yeah, but listening uh. to this song for the first time as I'm like a surly Starbucks barista in St. Louis, Missouri, I'm like, again, Greg Serrano going deep into my spirit, into my soul. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is like a core queer memory for you. Yeah, like, absolutely. Ah, mm, this is where it began. Yeah, that at the same time getting into pro wrestling and being like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> hmm, what is this okay, feeling so, so sudden and new? Sudden and new. Oh, we can't even sync that at the same You can sync it at the same time. Whoever's editing the audio, Kevin and I are saying it at the same time. Yeah, we do. Um, oh my God. Speaking of Wicked being... being Two parts. <laughs> insane. <laughs> That's when I was like, I am in an alternate universe. Like, this is somebody's joke timeline. It was, it didn't, it was, it's, it's a. I mean this in every conceivable way. Harry Potter ruined everything. Harry Potter ruined, uh, giving people permission to just cut anything into two parts. But here's the thing. I well, first of all, we all know that Harry Potter destroyed a lot of things. Um, Yes, ruined everything. I would say that the blueprint for a one-shot wicked movie was there. We've got, I know that it was the the stage adaptation of Hamilton. You can do an intermission. It's not unheard of. And also, the show itself is only two and a half hours. That's still shorter than any sort of Marvel movie. So you you can't tell me that this movie needs to be four hours long because you need to split it into two movies. Get it out of here with that. Get no. out of here with and that. And I say this as someone who likes Wicked generally as a musical. I just day don't day. feel the need that it... It doesn't need to be two movies. Every, like, Bollywood and Tollywood movie yes. has an intermission. And it they're does. three hours long. They're great. Fucking everybody saw Batman and Spider-Man. And those movies are 17 hours long each. And nobody had a problem with it. Wicked exactly. should just be long. Y'all ever put on The Sound of Music? That movie's long. And we're all it's just true. fine with it. We're fine. We're, we're cool. We're all fine with it. We're chill with also, it. Also, like, you don't you don't need to cut in the middle of... Defi- yeah, is that's Ing. what they're going to do, aren't they? Aren't they going to end the first movie with Defying Gravity? And you that's what I think is silly. Me, that's what I, says, like, to be That's continued. when I thought I was like, this is an Onion article, and then it was a real article, and yeah. I was just like, wow, did we get here? So what was everybody's favorite part of this episode, and how did it relate to your Thanksgiving's past? I will be <laughs> true and say that my favorite part is Greg singing What'll It Be? However, mm. if we are excluding that. I think it's really any interaction Valencia has with Mrs. Chan and how hard Mrs. Chan shuts her down at every moment. That feels so... uh, It is funny. It is also honest. Also, Amy Hill is a fucking pro. She's been around so long. She has a thousand IMDb credits. She fucking kills. Mm -hmm. And even if you want to put her in a weird rap music video about giving good parent you know she'll kill that too that's amy hill 
for you, folks. I loved, okay, I loved that song. That was my favorite part of the episode was I Give Good Parent. That, that slapped for me. It's a good one. The costume design of that music mm-hmm. video, incredible. The, like, weird who is, Thanksgiving Who were they lingerie. referencing? Who were, like, what artists were they referencing in the that era? The wig is, feels gaga to me. The wig and the okay. extravagant clothes feels very gaga of a certain era. It's a little early for it to be a Sia joke. And also, they don't do, like, a Sia, Sia voice thing. Yeah, my vote will be Gaga, but you could put Aguilera in there and and any 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 of those contemporaries, really, I feel. It felt really specific, so it makes me want to, like, go back and try to find which, because it's, like, sort of like a, like a Cardi B, like, Nicki Minaj vibe, too. Yeah, yeah. But it was before Cardi B's time, and uh, it was definitely, like, peak or mid-Nicki Minaj- um, but I don't, I, I can't think of a particular song. Yeah, I think it was referring to something and I'll have to, I'll have to do some digging. What but I really liked it. The lyrics are really good. I had closed captions on, so I like got every lyric for once, which I don't normally when it's yeah. a fast paced hip and a hop. Hip and a hop. Turning around and having three butts say like smart, good hygiene. Like that's a funny, that's a funny joke. I loved it. Per a vulture article. Ooh. Rachel said that it's when the writers' room decided it should be in the style of a Nicki Minaj song. Hey, hey, y- you got okay. it right on the money. I feel good. I feel I feel like a like a pop cultureista right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> I just like any content that like making sixty-something-year-old, fifty to sixty-something-year-old parents really excitable. I think is always funny. I, I don't know. It gets me the same way that community theater productions in, in media always yeah. makes me laugh. Like in wet, hot American summer or waiting for Guffman it, that, and then like getting a parent, getting, get a, getting a parent involved just always tickles me. And so getting a parent to like you, like, I also liked the way that she, that Rebecca went the like parent, lover route and like like buttoned up with Valencia I just loved that dynamic in the kitchen so fun because I like I like to be the slut at Thanksgiving rarely do I get to be (laughs) but I feel like we all have somebody has to be (laughs) I want to be the slut in the bodycon dress but it doesn't (laughs) it happens less and less now and I feel like we all (laughs) I feel like we all end up running into like a a Rebecca who's like trying so hard at the holidays to like be some kind of person and I'm like I know you're not like this every day you're doing this for Thanksgiving stop seems exhausting yeah <laughs> sit down also, it's okay I also like the actually don't I get very confused by straight couples that like hate fuck and get together or like have little fights and then have that be spicy it's like a component in like bachelor world that I just don't get. I don't know. Can can anyone speak to, the, I speak to that? Have, <laughs> I don't having get it. been in you know several male female relationships in my time, I have mm-hmm. never experienced the from fight right into furious you know make out sexual Me escapade. Either. Not not really with any 
immediate turnaround like that. You know, like uh, it's 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 something different, but it's all over television, especially. You know, yeah. like uh, that's how fucking Jeff and Britta first got together on Community. You know, like and and an infinite number of other examples, but that show is in my DNA. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's all over, and I have never once lived anything remotely close to it. You know. No, it doesn't feel good or organic in real life. <laughs> seems unhealthy. I'm just going to throw that word <laughs> seems, out there. Seems unhealthy. Seems yeah. unhealthy. Also, also, okay, wait, wait, wait. So did they cut out a scene where she poops herself? Because it was build up, build up, build up, build up. And then there's a cutaway. And then she does make it to the bathroom at home. Yes, but it feels like... Mm. Was the real shitting herself them moving in together? Right. Was there a, along the way? When did that episode of Veep air? Maybe they were like, ah, we're playing too close to, to Veep. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. It could be. I mean, if they, if, if it is a patch job, it's a very solid one, I think. Mm-hmm. I think they really, like, it's pretty seamless because I didn't detect anything. I don't know. Let's, I feel like let's they would have made it obvious too this early on. Like if that, like they would have made it like, very like I don't yeah. know. It do, it doesn't make sense based on being like she had to go so badly, but there's so much time that still elapses. Between. And how long did like, that straight sex elapse? You know, which like you know how famously long does it take not her to get always home? very long, like, right? Like, um, those just, were like the stakes, and then she kind of stops feeling like she needs yeah. to shit. During the whole, like, speaking part and, like, all of the ramp up, all of the tension was Paula in her ear being like, you're going to shit, you're going to shit, girl, you need to shit. And then... Which, again, we all need. Like, next to the person going, woo, we need someone who's telling us when we have to shit. Um, Unless it was just, like, that moment where, like, you, like, you have, like, I guess for bathroom, where you gotta go, but then... Something happens to distract you, and it's almost like your body's like, wait, we have to focus on this other thing now. Yeah. I don't know why I'm so focused on this plot hole, but I'm like, they really should have tied this up better. This whole shit timeline. I don't believe that she would have had to go that badly and then been able to hold it the entirety of the rest of the the scenes. So, honestly, it made it seem like she made it home before anything bad happened. Yeah. Yeah, it was minutes and minutes and minutes yeah. of her being like, I need yeah. to shit, I need to shit, I can't leave, I need to shit. Like, why did they choose that choice? If- when Josh is announcing, you know, his in Valencia thing, the scene is not conducted in such a way that Rebecca has poop in her pants. You know, the scene no. is, yeah, I have that's to what poop. I was like, yeah, but and then she if just so- kind of pauses. Yeah, if, if someone has poop in their pants, like, you know. Like the whole room is aware See, that someone, and has that's what in I was like. Pants. If if that would have been the plot point, I feel like at this point in the season, Crazy Ex Girlfriend would have been like very blatantly like, "This is the humor that like is going to result from this situation," or like even just like an audio gag of like her stomach or something like that in that moment. We're not like other shows. Our women poop. You know, <laughs> like it would have been a it would have been a big thing. Honestly, much more unbelievable to me is the timeline of Greg leaving and coming back to home base because he quits <laughs> on Thanksgiving day. He goes home to his dad. He takes his dad to the hospital. He goes back to beg for his job 
it is still Thanksgiving Day. You know, like, it's just... Yeah. But doesn't Thanksgiving Day always feel that long to you? I mean, certainly true, right? With any any family thing involved, it does feel like the longest day in human history. But it's just, it's an incredible timeline of of events that Greg is able to pull off in 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 one day's time, I think. I'm with you, though. I've never had a medical experience that has been any sort of expedient like that. I've had to, like, beg to be released for, like, them charging me thousands of dollars for Benadryl. And I'm like, you literally only gave me Benadryl. Please let me leave. Please. Please let me leave. (laughs) Please let me out. And that was, like, definitely half of a day. Like, at least four hours. That'll lead up some time. Then he... Then Greg goes... After his work shift, he goes back to the hospital to watch TV with his dad. Then he goes and buys tacos and hangs out with Rebecca. What? Mm-hmm. This is this man is this a, isn't New York is a City time traveler. He is a this teleporter. This is West Covina. Yeah, I guess so. This is, this is not New York City. This is West Covina. There are no taco and shawarma trucks like bopping around West Covina waiting for like three, four in the morning for you to like pick up. And Right. I, I also think it's very funny when they call West Covina like a small podunk town. And every time they cut back to the sign and it's like population 100,000. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is some big city bigwigs making this show. Yeah. Every, every burb around LA is fucking huge. So yeah. I grew up in a town of 5,000 people. You know what I mean? Like, West Covina is a sprawling metropolis compared to anything that I spent time <laughs> around. So, like, when they're like, this is a backwater burg. This is the town from Deliverance. I always think it's very funny. It's very scary. <laughs> but, yeah, we are getting some, across these two episodes, we're getting some interesting advancements of our overarching storylines. The Greg and Rebecca, uh, this show... I, again, don't think I'm spoiling anything big here. I feel like sometimes men just come back to Rebecca very easily after she does a lot of terrible things. And I'm Do not... the boobies? I mean, that that's a, that's a non-zero percent of what's happening. But, it, like, over the course of this show, like... Rebecca will do something terrible to a man where the man will swear off of her forever. And I feel like it is always within one or two episodes where the man is like, but Rebecca. <laughs> hmm. It is a I guess that's theme, TV. That's TV. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I just, it's, uh, it really, when I watched the whole show in four days, when I had the novel coronavirus, it was just a, it was a pattern that I picked up on uh, for the, for the first time. I don't know. I feel like they make reference to that at some point, don't they? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I'm making that up. Maybe I'm mixing it up with another show. But I feel like if any show would, it would be Crazy Ex-Girlfriend being like, why is everyone so interested in this? I mean, Rebecca. there are definitely characters who are like, why is everyone obsessed yeah. with this? I mean, yeah. that becomes White Josh's whole character over the, right. over the course of the show. Where he's like, why is it's everyone like, I know obsessed yeah. with this person? <laughs> So I feel um, like, yeah, that makes sense okay. as far as... Can't wait. Can't wait for my boy White Josh to join the principal cast of this show. I love I love White Josh. He speaks to me. Wait, where was my bae the last two episodes? Was she in five? And I miss, and I don't remember. Who is your bae? Valencia? No. Heather. Oh, right. Heather. I would assume. she's. Do you yeah. think she's just focusing on her schoolwork right now? <laughs> yeah, she's focusing on her schoolwork. <laughs> 
I, she's, it's, it's a very interesting occasion with Heather over the course of, especially this first season where she is in the opening credits, but she's not around that much. Yeah. She's, she's, she doesn't feel, it feels like they just needed a fourth person for the, for the cartoon opening credits and they selected Heather who will become a much, much bigger character as the show goes along, but is really just kind of hanging out. Also, Heather is the most straight washed character in television history that they mm-hmm. expect me to believe that Heather is a straight woman. I just, I just, I, I can't buy Her it. and April Ludgate and they're the same person. <laughs> Right, very similar uh, sort of archetypes. Yeah, absolutely. They're like, what's working in Parks and Rec right now? And then they're like, can we bring that to this? And they did. But they just put it in a different body. But she's 100% the Aubrey Plaza of this show. Absolutely. But Aubrey Plaza never got to sing any songs on Parks and Recreation, sadly. My imagination is Aubrey Plaza is tone deaf. She just gives a tone deaf vibe. (laughs) She doesn't feel very musical. I feel... No. When she was on that show Legion, does anyone remember Legion? She I participated in at least one musical number, but it might very well have not been her voice, or she might not sing in it. I can't recall. I, I'm, I'm sorry to the makers of Legion. It's been so long um, since I watched your television program. I'm going to do a tangent that is something we never do here. No. And it makes me think of Zac Efron okay. not it not being his voice in the first high school musical. Oh, and somehow, yes. somehow he learned how to sing by the second one. And then he was in Hairspray. And he's actually a very strong singer. And I just think that's fascinating. Yeah. The first one was it's... Drew Seeley, who then went on to star in the critically acclaimed Another Cinderella Story with Work. one Selena Gomez. The only thing I remember from that particular uh, media piece is her dancing with herself in the mirror. Yep. And I think I felt things. And now <laughs> I think I think it was gay things. Now We're that talking I'm thinking a lot about, about awakenings on this podcast. We're talking a lot about feelings that sort of nested within us for a long period of time. That's kind of what it's all about. Because mm. Kevin and I, for context, watched the show during very interesting points in our mm. identity where I yeah. thought that I was a straight cisgender woman and i also thought i had a healthy relationship with uh intoxicating substances and it was not far later from then that i was not a woman not straight and sober and so being like oh greg is identified as an alcoholic from the beginning and then all of these different like things where i'm like oh this was very gay of me to feel this way at the time and oh this is very straight behavior. It's, it's an interesting rewatch for sure. Excellent. I think we're at a good point to do that thing that we always do. And it is time to rank some musical numbers on the television show Crazy X Girlfriend. Da, da, da. Also, Kevin and I watched the show together when it came out. That yeah. is also what? an interesting context. A good chunk of friends. one and two. Yeah, I think so. And we were. This was a. This was a big thing we were doing. Also, that show Unreal. We watched. Oh, a, a yeah, which I was. I was thinking about that. We were talking about something, and it reminded me of. Oh, when we were talking about Ryan Murphy, it reminded me of Unreal because I imagined Ryan Murphy as one of those like evil bachelor producers that just wants to see people 
fall apart and suffer. Yep. And so that's part yep. coming all the way back around to the My- Ryan Murphy murder <laughs> call. If you've listened to this whole podcast, we're tying it all together yeah. and to the musical numbers we go. Here we go. Perfect. All right. So the first one on the docket this week, and I think we have a similar idea of where this is going to go. I love my daughter, not in a creepy way. Our list is nine songs so far. I'm looking at uh, nine or 10 here, folks. I say 10. I still would prefer I'm so good at yoga. At least I'm so good at yoga is more of a musical listenable bop. You know, Mm -hmm. like cat. Oh, are we talking about the pedophile song right now? The pedophile song. Yeah. Okay, yeah, obviously, that's the bottom. All right. Probably will remain down there for the course of For For a seasons. while, yeah. I love my daughter, not in a creepy way. Uh, perfect, but the next one from this episode, much more of a banger, is I'm a good person. It also sucks that the kid is so cute. Now that I'm thinking about the song again, it sucks that the daughter is so cute. It's just, like, it's a oh. whole, it's a whole rigmarole. It's a whole mishmash. It's not good. A lot of the good Crazy Ex-Girlfriend songs have two jokes kind of running simultaneously. There's the main joke, and then there is a sub joke of that joke. And unfortunately, this song has one joke, and it is, mm-hmm. it extends for three solid minutes. Yeah. Um, but I'm a good person is a high one. Given our current crop, I mean, for me, at least top four, I would put the song above Face Your Fears, as much as I yeah. love our friend Paula. I would say it's above Face Your Fears, but under Settle for me. I'm here for it. I don't remember the melody, but I remember liking it, so I agree. I'm a good, such a good, real good person. I'm a good person. Oh. Yeah, that a is a good one. That's a good one. Most of them are good ones, right? Like, it's kind of, it's a good list to be on. Um, there's so few non-bangers throughout the course of the show. I think the um, 9 o'clock on a Saturday one, it goes right under that, too. Right under that? The, um, what'll it what'll be? What'll it be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm tempted to group yeah. the Greg songs together at together. 3 and 4. But I, you know, yeah. 5, that's not so bad. I can live with 5. Do you like settle for me more? Or do you like this one more? Because I feel like that's an excellent question. I definitely sing "What'll It Be" to myself more often. This is a song that gets into my head more than "Settle for Me," though as a whole piece, including the black and white and the soft shoe, I would put "Settle for Me" above that on a production value level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd probably allow "Settle for Me" to just eke out "What'll It Be" because we do grade both elements of the musical number yeah so i guess i'm going four here is my official position cat you were saying five yeah but i do remember it more than i'm a good person so so if i could settle for four settle for four (laughs) darling yeah perfect uh jen what is your tie-breaking vote I know. From a production standpoint, I do like I'm a good person because of the fact that she is bouncing around home base, mm-hmm. destroys a microphone. Oh, that's, get that meta fourth wall, threatens someone a with bit. a knife, like that's and like you know for them to tell her she's a good person. I think the physical comedy of Rachel in that is okay. great, even though I love Santino. So. All right, so what'll it be? Our new number. 
five. Um, we did skip over I Give Good Parent. Um, I love that. I love that one. It's a good one. Mm. I like it. Uh, I mean, I like all of the sexy Rebecca songs I'm realizing. Yeah, there's definitely a theme (laughs) happening here in the sort of upper (laughs) echelons of our list. We like sexy Rebecca songs. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like a Rebecca versus Greg moment right now because I'm like, it's three. And you're like, Greg gets three and four. So... (laughs) Yeah, I just, I have to represent Serrano. I just, as a fellow sad boy, as I just, I feel like I have to make sure he is properly represented on this list. But, um, so you're saying three. Um, for I Give Good Parent, I would look more at like six, personally, around Face Your Fears, What'll It Be sort of territory. Um, but it is a very good number. Great production value on this number. And having Amy Hill involved. That's a big one. That's a good one. Jen, what are you feeling? Personally, I rank that one pretty far down. Towards, like, maybe a... See, I can't not think of what, like, all the other things that are coming up. So, like, for me, it would be more towards, like, a 7-8 range, I feel like. Okay. Okay. So, we have a 3, we have a 6, we have an 8. Math would say it's like a 17 cut, cut that in thirds so we are kind of looking i mean right around the six, six yeah i think it's new six i guess mathematically mathematically speaking sure. the numbers don't lie i give good parent is a good number six um whoops perfect we did it um now imagine doing that for every episode of community uh, uh it was, nope it was a task <laughs> It was something that we did. All right. Um, can't can't stand by it. <laughs> can't recommend would, it. 10 out of 10 would not recommend it. Would not <laughs> recommend. It's like one of those, like, I don't know if you ever watched, like, a really intense, like, movie or television show, and you're like, that was great. I will never yeah. be revisiting this. Um, I will never go back to this That was 100% how Promising I felt when I watched woman. Promising. I was like, nope. Never watching again. You know, has its merits. I will not be... Yep. <laughs> Yep, that's, <laughs> I that's promise fine. this I young woman. Why, I, I can see why people back. consider it to I do be that. super great. Yeah. Never going to see it I again. do that with movies that I don't like, but know are good movies. Like uh-huh. like classic like film bro movies that I'm like, I just yeah. admittedly don't love it. And the one I'm about to say, it's The Lighthouse. Yeah. With Robert Pattinson and William Dafoe. I recognize that that is... One of those A24 wet dream, like, <laughs> black and white, like, mm-hmm. masculinity exploring, deep thinkers. No. I hated every frame, and I hated every moment that I was watching it. But I know that it's good. I just hated every single moment that I was watching it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of other films like that. But that's the most visceral recent one that I'm like, Yeah. That was a regret to sit through every, but it almost became like self punishment. Where I was like, I should, I should write this out. I should at least see how this ends. So that's our official review of the Lighthouse. We would not recommend. <laughs> I have not seen the Lighthouse. I cannot wait in. Um, I did see the Northman by the same guy. Good movie, and Willem Dafoe is in it. And uh, yeah, so we, I agree. It's so. 
weird how hot Willem Dafoe is. On that note, we are at the end of our episode, which is a perfect time to do a little something called plugs. Jen, as the guest, you are allowed to go foist. Uh, Where can the people find you and hear you? Well, you can uh, find and listen to our podcast, uh, Community Rewatch Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, It's the only Community Rewatch podcast that there is. There's definitely not like 20 others. Um... So it's at COMM Rewatch Pod on Twitter, and we're at Community Rewatch on Instagram. We're talking about Community Season 5, but also we talk about other things, like Mythic Quest, because we love Mythic Quest. And we'll be talking about Schitt's Creek when we're done talking about Community. So that'll be real fun. We're very excited about that. So check us out. Great. Cat? Uh, Wait, Kevin, aren't you doing... Is, is this the same podcast? No, you, different... Or- different community slash mythic quest sort of podcast yeah that's it's, so uh, weird yeah ain't that <laughs> yeah. something ain't that ain't that ain't so that is this like a pepsi coca-cola moment and you're like coming together <laughs> that's re- yeah when famously when pepsi and coca-cola came together when you were at your local Ew. gas station and you created a suicide by putting various different pepsis and cokes together um, <laughs> And then Kylie Jenner handed handed us oh, a Pepsi, yeah. and then Coke, the Coca Cola yeah. polar bear handed her a Coke, and then they. Right? Am I remembering then, yeah. this wrong? Remember when she handed a, a cop a polar bear yeah, or whatever? Yeah, and yeah. Solved everything. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and after that, that point, racism us. was done. Uh, yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank, thank you, you, whichever Jenner that was. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, in early June, when you are hearing this, uh, uh, advanced media studies will be done with Mythic Quest, and we will be beginning our journey that will take us through the rest of the year of reading all of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books. Um, so that will be fun. That will be a fun uh, quest that we will be on for the rest of the year. Uh, you can hear episodes of this show one full week early at patreon.com slash TV's Kevin for as little as $1 a month. There's also old show archives over there, uh, all kinds of exclusive stuff. Um, I have been uh, selling my COVID webcomic, which is not something I ever thought um, would be something that happened in that little uh, hobby that I have. Uh, but if there are any strips of uh, Patty Plague Doc that one is interested in, in our listening audience, uh, hit me up. They can be purchased for money. Um, and uh, yeah, and we'll be back on this very podcast next month, uh, early July. Happy quote unquote 4th of July when you hear that episode. Uh, as we uh, finally get some more of Rebecca's mom. We have that to look forward to. We're going to really, really dive in on uh, Rebecca's family and Rebecca's depression. Two very crucial elements of her character um, that we are we are about to hit. Um, this show does not have a sign-off. And the music from this show, the copyrighted music of the show, is fading in as I am speaking. And then the podcast will be over. It's 5.53 on Thanksgiving not one customer has walked through the door But I'm still here, slinging drinks for a living I've never played piano before Not bad
I know this town like the back of my hand But I'm not such a fan of the back of my hand Cause if you look real close at those little hairs and veins You're like hands are sort of gross It's hard to explain The point is, hey, West Covina beers for the rest of eternity. Hey, West Covina, you know just where to find me. I'll never go far, so pull up to the bar. Hey, West Covina, what'll It's 5.55, I'm still singing The big turkey day game's letting out But no one's coming here, who am I kidding? Hey you sunburned milfs, give me a shout Everyone's going home, cause it's time to give thanks Thanks for the chain stores and outlets and banks Thanks for this town, three short hours from the beach where all of your dreams can stay just out of reach. Devil be right with you. Hey, where's Covina? Look what you're doing to me. Can't you see, West Covina? You're killing me, West Covina. Last call, West Covina. What'll it be? This has been a Talk Back Podcast.